welcome to the Understanding Project Management Discussions podcast. This is Dave Ferret. My guest today is Charo Sajdeva. Charo's background is in graphic design and from this moved into operations and project management roles. Our topic is project communications, where we discuss the importance of communications planning, its relation to stakeholder planning, and the challenges of working with virtual teams. Please welcome Charu Sajdeva. Hi, Charu. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on. Thank you, Dave, for inviting me for this discussion. Great, great. Well, our topic today is a really important topic in, in project management. Um, when I introduced this to my students, I often use the metaphor of that communications in a project is like air in a room. You need it. it. It needs to be there. And if you don't have enough, it starts to, you know, impact the, the project and, and, and can even, you know, uh, you know, start to, to make it, uh, you know, not able to function. So, so I'm really interested in, in your, 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 uh, your, uh, perspective on communications. I understand from talking to you before we started that you've been very involved with communications on your, your past projects. So, so my first question is, is, is when you've been managing projects before, sort of how do you, how do you approach communications? Like it's a broad question, but you know, sort of what's your view of, of sort of communication planning in, in, in project management? Yes, Dave, uh, I think you rightly said it, the metaphor that you quote to students about uh, being in, uh, it's like an air in the room. Yes, it's exactly like that. And whenever a project starts, the first thing that comes to uh, our mind as project manager, when I, when I used to work as a project manager, uh, the first thing that I used to uh, think about is how to manage this particular stakeholder or the client. And I used to create uh, my strategy for managing those clients, because if that client is someone which, with whom I have already worked with, my strategy would be different. And if it's a new client or a new stakeholder, my strategy would be different. And uh, obviously the team that I'm working with, uh, which is the team I'm working with, if not, then what will be my strategy? Will I be involving those uh, people much more and have a discussion with them? So that used to be first thing that used to come in my mind when I, I used to handle projects. Right, and and that's a that's a, a good uh, sort of sort of segue or reminder that um, communications planning is very closely related to stakeholder planning. That they're they're almost like they're they're cousins of each other. That you can't talk about communications without thinking about stakeholder management and how do you engage the stakeholders and who they are and what they're about. So, um, you know, I think that's true. It also confuses, I know in, in terms of interacting with, with my students, they, they're often confused by, well, what's the difference between a stakeholder plan and a communication plan? And mm -hmm. they sort of get mixed up between those two a little bit, but I, but I, you know, it's, 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 I, I like the fact that the very first thing you go to is stakeholders to say, what do we know about them? How do, how are we going to engage with them? But now then that leads to, to how are we going to communicate with them? So in, in your communication planning, what, what type of information are you like, do you, do you create a formal communication plan? Is it something you, you, 
in, in the projects that you've you managed, do you do you write it down and have it in a table, or is it just something that's more in your head and that you're you're just sort of keeping track of? Uh, no, I I think keeping in my head will not help uh, my team members and my uh, other fellow uh, managers on the floor because whenever we uh, start any project, as I said, we think about the stakeholders. Is it a new client? And uh, the first thing we do is creating the um, uh, the kickoff meeting presentation. So this presentation is a kind of a formal document for me to uh, document what I'm going to do as a part of communication on that particular project. Because when I am going into a kickoff meeting, uh, the things that I will be discussing is understanding the project requirement. And with that, the important, uh, important agenda of our kickoff meeting was used to be uh, the communication plan that who are the people they are going to work with, who is the first point of contact for them, what will be the kind of communication we'll be sharing. And one thing, one question which I always used to ask my uh, stakeholders or my clients was, how comfortable are they speaking on phone or are they comfortable uh, writing down emails or are they comfortable chatting on a uh, chat tool that we used to have uh, in, our, in our organization? So that question was very important because I used to, uh, I need to understand what type of channel are they comfortable with. So that document that we used to create for the kickoff meeting used to consist of all these details that we can reach out to the stakeholder during these hours at, uh, uh, or we can set up the call or we can uh, uh, chat with them on the tool or uh, whatever. So we used to document that down and we used to write down, this is the escalation process. So this person is your first point of contact. This is the second. And this person will be sending out the reports on weekly basis, or this person will be uh, creating the dashboards, monthly dashboards, etc. So all that had to be documented. If, if it is not documented, it was difficult for us to remember. Uh, what exactly is required by the client. And we agree with them when we are sharing our screens with them during our kickoff call. We used to agree with all those points that, okay, uh, we, will be call, we will be having a weekly call at this time. Uh, because of time zone difference, we used to first discuss the time, what was comfortable with them. And we used to write that down. And uh, we used to create the communication plan that uh, these are the five things we will be sharing on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis. So everything had to be documented. We never left something uh, kept verbal. If we used to discuss something on kickoff, then we used to uh, write it down in the minutes of the meeting that we used to send after the call. Great. I, I really like the idea that, that you've raised and, it, and it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it should be readily apparent, but it's good to, to say that, that this is something in the kickoff meeting that you overtly talk about, that you review the communication plan. It's not sort of just implied that, yes, we'll have good communication and, you know, we'll see you later that you, you step through that. And as well, as you mentioned, you know, get their input into it as to, you know, well, do you prefer phone calls? Do you prefer emails or what's, what's your, what is, what is your desired level of, or types of communication? So again, it's that sort of understanding your stakeholder idea that, you know, there are email people in the world and there are phone people in the world. They, they prefer one or the other. And so rather than just, you know, sort of, um, you know, kind of being, uh, you know, frankly, kind of irritating to them by constantly going in the other approach, you're sort of cooperating with them. So, so how do you, I mean, 
and one of the things I've always found with communication planning is, is that, the, you know, it's in the detail of, okay, do we have a weekly status reporting or, you know, a daily, or is it monthly or is it twice a month? How do you, besides the, the stakeholder input, which is good, you know, how else do you decide that? Like, what, what are the factors that you, that you, when you're, when, because constructing a communication plan is easy to say, but tough to do. And, and how do you, how did you build the detail out? Uh, when, when you were doing them? So it depended on the type of project. Uh, so if it was a, um, you know, long duration project, uh, it, it didn't make any sense to connect on a daily basis. And uh, if the client was interested or the stakeholders are interested to see the progress, uh, and we check that when we have the kickoff meetings, that how frequently do, would they like to see uh, the plan? So otherwise, if it was a longer duration project, we used to keep our um, uh, you know, communication on a weekly basis uh, or, or bi-weekly basis most of the times. But we also had a type of project that we used to call on-demand uh, projects. So on-demand is something for which the turnaround time uh, used to be one day or two days maximum. And that used to be a you know internal communication material that we used to uh, prepare for the clients, and for that we didn't have time. So for those type of projects, we had to be uh, you know meeting or discussing things on a daily basis till the time that project was over. So we used to keep a time uh, during the end of the day uh, that we will be meeting with the client, sharing the status, communicating with them, and checking with them that are they okay or uh, with the progress that we have made till now, is there any other input they would like to make for us to do? Because it's something which we have to quickly turn around within two or three days maximum. Right. So that was the idea that if it was a longer duration, month, uh, weekly uh, status was okay, but if it's uh, on demand, then daily basis is required. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things I found in the communication planning that I did on my projects in the past is that I always found that I, you know, have to admit, I always didn't necessarily get them right the first time. It was, it was, I, I found it was an ongoing adjustment that I'd, I'd often do. And, you know, sort of, I don't mean trial and error, but I mean, it's sometimes you try your best to look at those variables like duration and the project, the complexity, the turnaround time, the, the stakeholder norms and so on. You, you try your best, but then, you know, you kind of go, Ooh, we better adjust that. Is that similar? Did, did you find that or, 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 uh, or was that just sort of me? <laughs> no, no, yes, of course. As uh, you know, since my work was mostly related to the design work and design is very subjective. So if we are not communicating, we are not understanding the requirement properly, then things can go, you know, something opposite can be created. So if the designer is not able to understand what exactly the client is looking for, and uh, for that, sometimes I used to keep my designer as well on the call so that he hears exact, uh, directly from the client what is required. Instead of doing to and fro, it, it was always uh, good to uh, show them the progress that this is what we have designed till now. So are they comfortable? Are they okay? Do they have any inputs that we should be making uh, to this design? Or is this um, okay to proceed with the same concept? So that is how we used to work. And yes, you rightly said that trial and error are sometimes okay, but uh, things like designing things there, we need to have regular inputs and regular communication with the client. Right. Yes, that is, that is something in our discussion beforehand is, is you were telling me that you're, 
your your background and on many of the projects that you've been managing are, are design related yes. based the graphic design and so on and and I can see that where in, in a creative type of project like that where you're you're creating something that is that is more um, dynamic let's say you you would need much more communication potentially more more checkpoints and things back and forth between you and the client um, or your your project and the client to make sure that they that they're still agreeing with with the direction that's going and so on so it's sort of the in, increased uh, importance of communication mm -hmm. yes yes that's so, that's right so is there any uh, is is there any instances where you were in a in a project that you've worked on where you kind of were part of the way through the project or at the end and you said oh you know we should have communicated differently. Like, is there, are there any, any examples that you have where I say, you know, if I could do it over again, I would have communicated this way versus that. So just, just, uh, just curious as to whether you had anything like that occur. Uh, it used to happen many a times because as I said, the design work is something and there are so many tools and software available for designing a single thing. So sometimes uh, one tool is, uh, okay for designing a collateral sometimes some things are not so what happened uh, uh, in one of the projects um, uh, the client wanted something to be designed uh, in a using specific design tool and we use that tool to create a booklet kind of a thing for for that person and later on uh, uh, you know that that point came to my mind I, and I usually used to ask the client that are they comfortable uh, us doing something in that particular tool so that in future, if they want to take, uh, uh, they want to make quick changes, would they like to do on their own or would they be coming back to us? So I wanted to have that discussion, have that communication, but somehow during the discussion, this point never um, was raised and uh, it got missed. And when we gave back the uh, final output uh, to the client and then they came back asking the same question, can I make the changes if required at the last moment? And then I realized that I should have communicated all the possible options of creating that booklet instead of just agreeing to what they said they wanted the booklet in. So I should have asked or communicated that point upfront that these are the possible options for us to create it and it will give you the same output, but the backend, the source file will be different. Some source files are editable, some source files are not. So that is that used to happen, and that happened in one of one one important uh, client was uh, there, and it happened. Yeah, I've often I've often reflected on the idea that when projects fail or if they underperform, yeah, and, and there's usually a, a lessons learned or a, a retrospective. Uh, a, process done, you know, either at the end of the project or iteratively through the project. And, and I found that, you know, almost nine out of 10 times, the reason for things going wrong is it's not so much the, the ability of the people, the scheduling, the, the technical abilities and so on. It usually is communication that, that is, that is the reason it, it comes down to, okay, that person didn't know we were doing this and this decision was made because they didn't know that. And, and it all comes down to, you know, communication. And, you know, had we been able to, you know, plan it out better or set up an environment or have the right type of people at the right type of meetings or, or the right document that's created, um, 
you know, it could have been avoided. So it's, it's the, the payback is, is big. Um, where do you think, how do you, how do you think communication, well, obviously it's being affected by the current, you know, state, the, the, the uh, pandemic and lockdowns and so on, but how, what do you think the, the impact is in terms of the fact that we can't have teams physically together, you know, in communications is, is how's that, how's that affecting things? Do you, would you say, or any, any, any sort of thoughts on that? Oh yes, it it is affecting big time. I feel because if uh, if the team is sitting together and they get stuck somewhere, they quickly used to walk up to the other designer's desk or other person's desk, and they used to quickly check. Okay, this is not working. Can you help? And that person used to help. But now, if I am not sitting with my team, I will always feel like, will that person be available? Is it okay to call this person at that time? Is it okay? And I might ping that person or on chat and uh, wait for his response. So it is affecting, it is affecting my timelines. It is affecting uh, the quick uh, resolutions we used to get when we used to sit together. So that that is something I feel it is affecting. And being a project manager as well, I feel that when I used to see my team working in front of me, I used to feel a, a sort of comfort that yes, someone people are working. But yes. now when I'm not able to see them, I'm not sure if I'll be getting the output on time. Are they working, not working? I can't see them. So that, that question remains, remains in our heads that uh, the team is working or not. So that's, yeah, that, that's different. That, that, that's one of the challenges of management. I mean, it's going to be a, a challenge ongoing. I mean, I'm, I think many organizations are, you know, once we're, once we're back, you know, in terms of, of uh, when, when things are back to, to normal, there, there still, I think, will be, and there's, there's lots of literature out there in terms of, of, um, you know, uh, organizations working more remotely than they used to, perhaps. Um, so, I, so I think it's something as project managers that we're going to need to get, you know, used to and better at. And, and, and I think one of the things that, that you mentioned about how do you keep that personal connection? You can't see yes. them on a day-to-day -day basis. You don't walk by them. You don't say hello at the coffee station or you don't walk down to the you know to a meeting together where that that sort of uh, um you know idle sort of small talk occurs that, that sort of communication between the lines doesn't yeah. occur as much and I, and I think it's something that we have to work on as communicators we have to to say well well how can we how can we fill that gap like you mentioned the use of chat software and so on and i'm i'm a great fan of that as well it's ways you can create um you know sort of um rapport mm -hmm. without having to send someone a formal email or call them on the phone and interrupt them when they're when they're doing something important you know so mm -hmm. so uh, I, I think there are ways to do it but i think you know we all have to sort of figure out what that is because you know you you and i we're not sitting together we're in two separate you know locations right now we're not just going to see each other in the hall and say hi like that just doesn't occur so we have to work on different ways so that's right right and i think these these chats as as we say that uh, you know communication is not only verbal it's also through your uh, face expression and your body language that also speaks so when you are uh, walking by your team member and you just wave your hand and smile at them it makes them feel good and say hello and it makes them feel good and I think that is getting replaced with these emojis on chatting and then in the morning right. come and say, so when, when we used to work remotely on our projects, um, I used to make sure that I 
uh, you know, ping everyone uh, once in a day and say, hello, how are you? And with a smiley and all those things so that they feel that the manager is kind of uh, still uh, trying to connect with us. And that, that helps a lot. And I have seen that they feel comfortable uh, communicating with you. They feel comfortable raising points, raising issues with you. Uh, it, it's kind of, you know, making, making them, uh, giving them a trust that, yes, I am available. I am there. I am here to hear you. So they, they used to reach out to me uh, very easily. So they never used to hesitate. And that is what I always try to uh, build uh, the relation with my team members. Right. That's an important point and, and something that isn't necessarily always indicated in a communication plan, but it's almost that, um, you know, it, it's not even a specific communication. It's more of a what environment are we creating? Yes. Because, you know, how well your team communicates uh, depends often on those daily hellos or, or those, you know, sort of chats that you've had that don't really have a purpose, you know, like, like a specific purpose. It's not like every time you call someone or communicate with something, it doesn't mean you want to get something that you're looking for a report or a deliverable that sometimes it's just say to how, say, hello, how are you doing? You know, here's a smiley face. Like if it's electronic, here's a, you know, here's, here's a meme that I thought was funny, you know, and, or here's a, here's an emoji or, or, you know, just how was your weekend? And, and those are the things that we, used to do, you know, in person and will be hopefully doing very soon. But in the, the, the virtual world, we need to find a way to replace that because it's still about people working together. Right. Um, so, so having that, you know, in your communication plan, or at least in your, in your mind, like that's, it's, it's not something that maybe is written down quite as effectively, or maybe it's really, we were talked about the stakeholder engagement plan, maybe that belongs more in the stakeholder engagement plan or management plan. Yes. Um, but it still is connected. Like, it's not like these are two different things. So um, that's, that's, that's really cool. So um, anyways, this has been a, this has been a really interesting uh, conversation. Uh, Charu, I really, your, your background and your experience with regard to commun communication is, is, has, is, really rich and I and I thanks for uh, thanks for sharing with your your ideas and, and experience with us today I really appreciate it thank you thank you Dave and again thank you for inviting it was an interesting discussion I feel yeah great thanks okay take care thank you you too bye bye